podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. So head over to Cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today you have the cleanup techs coming together to close out the week. My name is Gina Giacchetti and my co-hosts are Tim Hines, aka Timothy Hinesworth for Westworld purposes, and Andy Theobald in some circles known as Ando Calrissian. So we are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, i.e. the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and perhaps things that we think are completely wrong, in parentheses, mostly in Axel's case, just you know, so you know Axel. Um, but we've been tasked to tidy things up as best we can do, being as Delos's stock is plummeting, as long as our checks come, we will be here. So how's everyone to do doing tonight? How are you doing, Tim? How are you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm on uh, a little bit of overload from the normal world, but it's good to see that the world uh, that we watch, that Westworld encapsulates is way crazier than ours, even though they're not dealing with this uh, pandemic, but shit is haywire out there. (laughs) Agree. What about you, Andy? How are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, Well, we just had a freak snowstorm come up this afternoon, so living in Minnesota, it's just amazing here. Uh, But I am really looking forward to this because it will be a nice break from all the craziness in the news and everything else. I know. Me too. Uh, Just a couple hours ago, our governor, I'm in California, announced that the whole state is now on lockdown. So I went on lockdown, I think, uh, Monday at midnight or Tuesday morning at midnight and uh, now it's it's everyone, and we don't know how long it's going to last. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But at least we have Westworld. Um, and honestly, I wish I had a host friend or two that could come over to keep me company during the day. <laughs> Help me do my work. <laughs> that really yeah. would be convenient. It would be. It would be. How, how much can you actually leave the house then? Um, I can leave the house to go hiking in the woods as long as I keep Uh, six feet distance from anyone else that might be out there. And I can leave the house for people, medical appointments and pet medical appointments and can leave the house to go get groceries. But that actually seems like the worst place to be to, you know, to, to uh, try to not encounter, um, you know, the virus. So I have most of my groceries delivered with a, a community supported agriculture box and uh, things like that. And, and you can leave the house to get gas too. So, uh, you know, for your car. So like Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so today we have a similar thing in New York where, you know, they want less than 10 people congregating and um, they changed actually the, the liquor board's license and they're allowed to deliver liquor with, meals and stuff if you order you know say a a meal and you want a bottle of wine or whatever beer they offer they'll bring it so i'm driving through uh long beach long island which is uh you know kind of a bar town and i drive past this one bar and they have almost like the old school what you would see in the the tv shows the italian ice window where the guy would come up to the pizzeria and just get an ice and a slice and, and move along his way without having to go into the pizza shop. Well, they had a window like this at the bar, but there was eight people standing around with cups hanging out outside oh, this no. window. 
I'm like, this kind of defeats the purpose, but I think it'll settle in in a few days. It's kind of weird. Okay. And I have one more thing about this whole COVID-19 pandemic to say before we jump into Westworld. And that is, Tim, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos and stories coming out of Florida, which I know we always like to make fun of things in Florida, but it's like spring break is going on down there in full force. It's like like a full-blown coronavirus soup at the beach. It's just ridiculous. And it's like, uh, it's, it's gotten wild. Uh, the, the youth don't realize that they're bringing that to the state with one of the highest populations of elderly in our country. So it's not a good, uh, you know, scenario. Yeah. Well, and, you know, according to Spain and Italy, now they're seeing a full wave of, people millennial age coming into the ER that are actually quite sick with the virus. So it's not just an elderly person. They're probably just sad and they feel left out. (laughs) (laughs) You know the millennials. Yeah, they want to put it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at the ER, you know, puffy, pouty lips, you know, peace. (laughs) Look at me. I got a ventilator. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, so why don't we jump in here? And I think we're taking a little bit of a different approach. You know, I think a lot of, you know, the other podcasts were a little bit more of a blow by blow. But um, after hearing those, I'm like, oh, there are some things that I just feel like, you know, that are missing, that are very Black Mirror. Um, so why don't we kind of jump into that? And one of the things I noticed that was completely missing from this new world so far is that there were no children um oh someone was saying oh it looks like there were some children on a field trip they were in in the uh in around rehoboam yep Um, and there there was there was also a few when uh caleb gets the call about not getting that job there's a couple walking by i the only reason i noticed i read your notes and rewatched it again so i was on the lookout and stuff in the background so there was a few children scattered in but it wasn't a lot okay all right, because that seemed really suspicious to me because we had seen a couple prominent children in the other worlds um, as hosts well, and I'd visitors. Like, I'd like to lay out on the line that this podcast may be from a heavy angle of suspect suspicion. So, <laughs> I, you know, we've kind of pre-read our notes that we've compiled and I feel like we're on the same page. So... You know, you're going to have to bear with us if we go a little bit tinfoil hat, which nobody's really hit on, <laughs> on yet in the, in the past two podcasts. I think that's okay. This is supposed to be a theory cast after all. So why not theorize up a storm? Um, okay, cool. And then we were also kind of suspiciously, not a lot of very, you know, people that were very old. I think we had some you know, slightly older than 50, maybe kind of in their 60s. But, you know, we haven't seen someone that I think we could say is truly elderly. And if we... we, Sorry, go ahead, Tim. If we go along with kind of the way the world is described, it would be only those who would be of severe wealth and stature, I would Mm -hmm. think. And that was one of the things, too, because after your notes, when you said the children thing on there, I, I was also paying attention to the older people. That's where I first noticed it. And the only three that I could even tell that were even close to middle age were Bernard, who was, I mean, he's already a host, so he's obviously not a person. Mm-hmm. Martin, who actually was killed and replaced by another host, and Caleb's mom, who was already dying. So I, my tinfoil hat thing is that maybe is there something about older people just don't survive or don't like a Logan's Run type of thing? I don't think so, but. COVID nineteen, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's interesting to just kind of see this whole landscape because it is so very different from what we've seen so far. Um, now, what do they say? Thirty years, right? Basically, from our future. Yeah, I think it was close to that. Yeah. I can't remember what the exact time. I didn't study the timeline too close. But I think that's to me, close. this is a drastic change. Yeah, it is drastic. It would mean that something like Westworld, the AI with the host in Westworld existed somewhere on our planet right now. 
which I don't necessarily think is the case because we know Dolores, you know, has been in that park for 30 years because William said he has been going to the park for 30 years, at least at that point. So, and let's also add to the point that when, uh, um, Liam was describing his father, he said it took him a weekend to invent, but 15 years to create. So now we have a window either in between or at the start of Delos's project. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like, you know, as the cleanup crew, you know, I'm, I've kind of always been, you know, labeled as like the, the crazy numbers guy, um, you know, especially in other shows counting, you know, the dead and what, you know, uh, Game of Thrones and stuff. So I've been kind of paying attention to the numbers and the time frames. Mm. So I think there's some things that, that have been missed here. So that's one of them. Okay. Um, so the other thing about this world, and I think I touched on it a little bit in one of the other podcasts, but I feel like so much of the tech that we're seeing, if you watch that show Black Mirror, we've already seen so much of this tech, you know, kind of like everything from implants, ability to communicate with those who have passed on via AI, uh, the meritocracy system with scores and ratings. And then, um, Andy, I think you had a couple other things that you saw that you added to the list. Well, yeah, I I was going to add besides Black Mirror too, the actual touched on it briefly on one of his shows, but there is a lot of Blade Runner and a lot of Blade Runner references Mm, in this. Even in, even a few spots, even the score. I'm, I mean, I'm not into scores as much as Matt is, but there's a couple notes where they, it's literally the score from Blade Runner in like mixed into the score. I don't think that was an accident. Yeah. And huh. one, one of those times, as, oh, so I say one of those times ties into something we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. As much as I love music, I want to give you guys credit, like you and Matt and a lot of other people that really pick up on these tonal notes that go from show to movie, movie to show. Like I'll pick up like, you know, maybe like a John Williams, like jumping to do Superman from Star Wars. But like you guys are, I give you a lot of credit. And I love when I read this stuff in the notes that, that, you know, or hear these things because I love this show specifically for all the shout outs they give to other sci-fi. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's the uh, and while I'm thinking about it, one of the Blade Runner things I noticed too is when Bernard is hiding out on the farm. Like, well, I'm gonna go really deep into Blade Runner here, but like in the original Blade Runner script, the replicants were hiding. One of the replicants was hiding out on a farm, so he wouldn't be found. That that scene was actually used in Blade Runner 2049 with uh, Dave Bautista's character. They put it in the second movie. But I thought that, I mean, that has to be almost intentional too, because Bernard, who is basically a replicant or a robot, hiding out on a farm as well, which I thought was, a, I don't think there's anything to that. I think it's just a nice, cool little nod that I noticed. Yeah, yeah right. Like but, some people were like, why, why is it in a, a slaughterhouse, this and that? But it was more the farm setting than the slaughterhouse setting. So that mm-hmm. that's, that's a cool nod. And, and it could have mm-hmm. been anywhere, right? Like, so while we're just here are where to assume he's still in china um, well he's got he's got to be close because they wouldn't be at the end of the episode when he says i want to take a boat to westworld he can't be that far away to get there on that little fishing boat yeah that's true and most of the employees were chinese other than the the one guy who could speak english yeah so I, I, he's got to be somewhere in somewhere in that asian area i would think yeah. So it's kind of wild, like piecing together, you know, hearing all these dribs and drabs. I haven't seen Dolores for 92 days and where we left mm-hmm. off at the end of last season, how everybody spread out. You know, we got a lot of different things that I'll go over about time and, and places they've been, which seems really bizarre. But just from seeing Dolores uh, be able to, you know, go right from London back to LA and move around, it seems like things are a lot easier than obviously in our day and age. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, I was going to say one other thing quick before I was talking about the, uh, 
the uh, slaughterhouse thing there. Part of the reason I noticed that too is that when, um, uh, what's her name, Hale or whoever Hale is, goes to the meeting and somebody references the fact that Delos's other two main things are biomechanical and agritech. And agritech, since I'm in agriculture, that really piqued my interest. That's part of why I caught the thing as well. Because that's, I mean, agritech is something I deal with on a daily basis anyways. So that was just a little cool little note that I noticed that it's interesting that they said that the parks really weren't their main source of income anyways. Right. They were a means to an end, like NASA. Like, yeah. you know, we'll get to the moon and it's awesome. But the amount of technology they created on the way that mm-hmm. we use today is phenomenal. So I, yeah. I, I could see that, like proprietary information that, that, might seem useless is going to be very vital. You know, we're all going through a tough time right now, but there's people out there to help. The Coronavirus Daily Briefing is a new podcast that comes out every day at 5 p.m. with the latest headlines and context around the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. From Ride Home Media, the daily podcast people, all the things that happen today, all the things you can do to protect yourself tomorrow. A quick 15 minutes and you're up to date. The New Yorker magazine called it one of the top cor- The New Yorker magazine called it one of the top coronavirus podcasts to listen to, saying it stays on the right side of informed, non-hysterical, and focused. Search your podcast app right now and subscribe to Coronavirus Daily Briefing. That's Coronavirus Daily Briefing. Mm, interesting. You, you have hosts on the farm? Oh, uh, not not quite, not yet, anyways. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I would love to have it. I could just sit around and podcast about Westworld all day. <laughs> totally. Um, on the uh, well, what, what, you, what you were going to say too about what I got way off track there, but I was getting the, some of the other new technology things that I thought were interesting that you had brought up before the the hologram thing. Nobody's really talked about that much, but it's really a hundred percent. Like it, it's hard to even distinguish between the hologram and the real person. I have to imagine that's going to point later on in this in this series as well. Because I mean, the, at the beginning he has to have the glasses, but I think when they're in that board meeting and Hale mutes the guy, I'm pretty sure that's a hologram as well. And she wasn't wearing glasses there. Oh yeah, that's right. She did mute him. Well, I, he may I, not have even been there. I think that all of the the board members weren't there. I don't think that that I think that they were all in their, you know, own offices. I don't think that this technology requires people to be in the same room anymore. Um, And what was wild is. uh, I forget the exact phrase the guy said, but he said um, something about like. uh, Something about being real. And she muted him right after that, which was awesome. <laughs> We're like having human feelings. It was something about being human. I, I forgot to write that exact quote down, but she muted him right after that, which was like, like a nod to like, guess what? You know, you yeah. guys know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, oh, uh, my, my only other thing was the, the thing about fossil. I picked up, it was like the second or third time I watched was about uh, fuel and fossil fuels. When the when the the two thieves um, Marshawn Lynch and the other lady that I can't I can never remember her name, when they first meet Caleb and they said they knew her from uh, the Mexican diesel job where he had smuggled diesel. I can't imagine. I mean, th- does that mean that fossil fuels have been eliminated? I mean, most of the cars that they show and helicopters, it seemed like, are electric powered. They don't have the kind of noise, except for the vehicle at the end that Caleb gets into. And the guy asks him, "Do you even know how to drive one?" Well, I'm assuming that was gas, but I don't know. It was just another tidbit. I don't know if that's going to play any part either. I just thought it's, it was I feel like it certainly is because not only was the it was the, the car Caleb got, there was also a Range Rover involved. And in that parking lot was an old, looks like a Mach uh, 2 Mustang. And the that's going to be the only way, from what we learned, that um, uh, Liam's machine... Uh, real bum can control them. <laughs> well, you know what? I like here's that. The thing. All right. Real so, bum. So here's the thing. I looked up the definition online, and it's um, 
and is it's a word from uh really has hebrew origins but translates to um latin as robom but the way they say it is like rehobum so mm -hmm. i just wrote rehobum so i'm not really sure they were all confused in the first three podcasts the first two podcasts so i'm either going robum or rehobum because i'm not saying rehobum you know with, with the, the you know the the rehobum um but i wanted you know we'll talk about him later uh or it um but the caleb said that it it can uh or i'm sorry uh dolores as uh as lana lara said it could control the traffic so yeah. so those cars and we saw in the chase at the end won't fit into that traffic pattern because they're not operated on that electric system well and also because sure yes they're electric and they're also autonomous and so um I work in tech and one of the visions for the autonomous vehicle network, once, you know, in 30 to 50 years, all the vehicles are autonomous, they are all going to be linked into a system that controls them and they talk to each other. So there's a benefit to having a vehicle that is gas powered and not autonomous that you actually drive yourself because it means it's probably not detectable within the wider network. Oh, that's a yeah, great point. A, I hadn't even considered that. It's that. essentially off the grid. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which could come in handy if you're trying to run from some, you know, bad people. Yeah. <laughs> Which would explain why he hired the Rico job to get the vehicle. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what do you guys want to talk about next? Should we jump into kind of these questions or should we get more into theories um kind of about hail and beyond well we could go right to the hail thing because that was quick and act like jam-packed with a little mysterious information so what do we know off the bat it's three years right i mean three months rather mm -hmm. from when the event happened now the first thing we realize is that maybe the dolores thing is in the earliest stages but everything else seems to line up as it's three months past Dolores and Gerard, Jerry, in his house. Right? Are we mm -hmm. kind of on that same pattern? Yeah, I agree. Okay. That, the beginning of the house, is that, you think that's in the same time as when hail comes or is that earlier? I, have, no, I kind of have I the think, impression that might be a little sooner. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's shortly after we okay, end last yeah. season. Okay, that's that's what my impression was as well. Yeah, because she says we realize right away I need money and this and that, and she's kind of yep. getting her her grounding. So all right, so when we meet Hale, she already says three months after, and they want to take Delos private because they don't want to answer any questions. Mm -hmm. So this mm -hmm. right here is a big indicator that that parks IP. And proprietary information, and like you said, the the agriculture. Uh, what did you call it? Agritech. Agritech, like all that stuff. Yeah, is to them more valuable than than anything. So that's a big indicator to me. Big indicator of what exactly? That Delos is still super prevalent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the company is still really prevalent for sure. Um, I, I mean, mean you, but you would think out Disney takes out a hundred and something of its own employees like they're probably done for. Well, <laughs> or you think like the Little Mermaid DVD sales is going to hold them afloat. Oh my God. Massacre at Disneyland. Um, maybe. I mean, those tickets have gotten really expensive from what, what I heard. I feel like I saw a price range raise on them the other day and I was like, dang. Um, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember thinking that's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. I think it was like 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, th I think it was. Um, I mean, I think definitely, and it's interesting. Yeah. Cause Charlotte goes in and she's like, you know, we want to go back in, we want to start building hosts again. 
I mean, that's a directive from, you know, Dolores' endgame because she wants to start rebuilding an army for sure. Um, but in terms of who Hale is, you know, we know Dolores took out five of those pearls. Um, we know one was Bernard. And we don't really know who the other four were exactly. And kind of my theory about it is because it does seem like there's going to be a Dolores versus Maeve off again <laughs> this year. I think, you know, they're, they're kind of those two pieces of the puzzle. They're like, you know, uh, the yin and the yang. But I think, I feel like Dolores is playing a long game and her primary goal is much more, her vision is much larger than Maeve's is. Maeve's is really to find her daughter. Dolores's is, is to kind of take down humankind, um, which is a much loftier vision. But, you know, I would think if she really wants to get under Dolores's skin, she, she makes copies of those pearls of the people Maeve was most close to in the West world. So that would be potentially Maeve's daughter, Clementine. Um, it could even be a copy of Maeve herself, which I think would be super interesting if there was like a Maeve off <laughs> and, um, you know, potentially Hector. I'm trying to think like, you know, who's like the good male pearl she could bring that, you know, basically, um, you know, fits into the role to take over um, for what's his name, the guy that she swapped him out with, like already, Martin. Now, does this come from a place of thinking that Dolores is playing a long game, knowing Maeve is coming after her, so she's going to need people to keep Maeve in in check? I think it's an interesting point of <clears throat> interesting point of manipulation. That if Maeve ever did, <clears throat> sorry guys, uh, if Maeve ever did come oh, after boy. her. You got the cough. No, I don't. <laughs> Just allergies. Um, if Maeve ever came after her, she had emotional pieces to use against Maeve. Because I think Dolores used to be very sentimental, but Maeve is driven by emotion and past relationships. Whereas, you know, Dolores seems more driven by revenge at this point. She, you know, it's. She's not as sentimental as Maeve is. The only question I have about that, though, is does Dolores even see Maeve as a threat? I mean, she's she always has kind of underplayed her when she's seen her, and I don't think she saw, like, magic, mind-powered Maeve from the end of last season, did she? I don't think they were ever around each other when that was going on. I don't know if she would be worried about Maeve. I mean, that's – I'm just – I'm just yeah, – I, I have no idea. I would but. think they would know everything that's happening on the network. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You're probably right. That's the one thing. It's like Del Dolores has so much data now. Like she knows yeah, truth, yeah. people that visited the park. You know, she's she's read books about people. I mean, it's kind of fascinating, like how much she could know that we just have no idea. Um, yeah. Now, see, I didn't know about the end credit scene until I listened to the podcast previously. So. When I watched tonight, rewatched, I watched that end credit scene. And that to me seems like Maeve got put into almost another quote unquote game. So, yes, like, another Dolores word. is keeping her mm -hmm. occupied almost. Maybe. Well, I th the last time we saw her, though, uh, or saw Maeve, though, was when the, the two texts basically volunteered to rebuild her though i'm thinking they rebuilt her and put her back into one of the narratives it's like that's what was that, that was the impression i got well didn't she go the into the season. didn't she go into that that land with oh that was before she got rebuilt right yeah right on the beach right before charlotte takes the yes though oh. the, there's the two texts that were with Maeve the whole time last season she and, could be hell. Uh, that could be the hell. She's trying to keep Delos going. And Dolores probably doesn't want Delos going. She hates that shit. But I think she wants to, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Okay. It's too soon, too soon, it too soon, soon to, to commit to that. Yeah. 
Take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks, but guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Were those only three we saw last year? Was there one more? I think it was just those three. Okay. And we I think- saw, you know, the cradle and everything, but Here's the funny part. Yeah. Like, like, so you just said that. Why does it, like Bernard say, I want to go back to Westworld? Like, wouldn't it be known as, as something grander if it had all those parks? Or was Westworld maybe the only one that was finished? It, it, it was kind of weird yeah, to me. Like, like you, you, you would think, I'd want to go back to Delos World. Yeah, you wouldn't want to say, I want to go to Epcot Center. You say, I want to go to Disney World. I mean, maybe well, it's because the show's called Westworld, like keeping it going like that. Well, that's where he or, knows. Uh, yeah, that's where he knows people too. Like, does he even is he even cognizant there are the two? I mean, he probably knows at some level. I think there are even you know a total of five worlds. But the people he knows and has worked with and worked worked with in the past, I think, would still be at Westworld. So that's probably why he wants to go back. There's someone he wants to talk to there. And I guess I always I always got the impression too that Westworld was the first park because I think they even yes. said something yeah. when they go to Shogun World where um, the the can't ever remember his name either the the writer basically says well I cribbed my own stuff for these other parks that kind of gave gave, right, gave right. me gave the impression that Westworld was the first so maybe right, that's, that's maybe it's I mean. just called Westworld yeah. the whole thing yeah could be. we'll just go with it yeah. nitpicky we'll leave that one to Santa's lemon cakes. <laughs> So, um, theories, who's got, who's, who's got one they want to share? I'm going to go last, I think on this one, cause mine's a little tinfoily. Okay. Do you have <laughs> one, do you have one Andy or I can, I can start it off too. Uh, why don't you, why don't you start? Cause mine's a little out there too. So, okay. Well, this is, <laughs> this is my latest one, um, that I kind of just came up with and, you know, it was interesting, and I think, we, you know, we were going to talk about, um, you know, on the second podcast, Brett had kind of a really great theory about Caleb, I think. Oh, I mm-hmm. think I meant that to be, yeah, Caleb in terms of that maybe he's a, a human uh, host hybrid and, you know, that that maybe he's passed his fidelity test and, and things like that, you know, just how we saw kind of man in black trying to do and uh, last season. But I kind of got to thinking when I rewatched it just kind of before we got on, I was like, what if I, cause I don't believe Caleb is human. Um, I don't believe he's human at all, actually. And I think, wouldn't it be interesting if he isn't an experiment, but he was actually a host in a park. And now they're putting him in the real world and have given him a story somehow, reprogrammed him to think he belongs in this real world after returning from the war. And maybe the park he was in, he was a soldier. He was in a war. He did have that friend there, but things like his mother who says, you're not my son. Um, You know, the fact that he has decided not to have that implant. Maybe they programmed him that way because he doesn't need an implant. You know, was that really a choice or was it something else? But, but I'm almost thinking this is a host to human world experiment. Um, That's kind of what I'm thinking. This is where I feel like, we're, excuse me, just going to compound on each other and make, <laughs> make this an awesome cleanup crew theory because we're, I feel like, I feel like we're all heading in the same direction. Now yep, I've got some stuff for this too. So yeah. Awesome. So where you're going with that, I have a feeling now, I don't want to go too far into it yet because I think Andy's similar in the, in the realm, but I feel like Caleb was in a war and he did get shot in the head 
and he's inserted into a world that he thinks is real. Oh. Now, Andy, before I continue, where are you going with the Rehobum uh, or Rehobum? Robum, Rehobum, Robum. Well, I've, I've got a, I've got a whole, I've got a whole, a whole separate one for uh, Robo, whatever we're calling him. But well, because I the, think it's uh, all tied in. I think it's all tied in. Well, yeah, it definitely is. But I've, I've got other stuff that's more specific to Caleb in general. Because I, I like I've, a lot of what Brett was saying. I love. I don't necessarily know if it's a hybrid, but I, I do think he is a, a robot or a host of some kind, and part of a. This was kind of when I was thinking along the same thing as all the ag tech and all that kind of stuff. This, when I'm thinking about, I think he was in a war as well. And I think he was probably shot in the head. And I'm thinking in the history of war, every, every so often, every time there's a big technological advance, it almost is always done because of the military advancing yes. it and paying for it. Why would, I mean, now it's, I mean, it started with tanks and planes and machine guns, and now it's up to. Well, robots were invented why would i mean the military of course militaries and governments would be funding that development why would they not send robots into fight yeah because why waste human life i mean they're doing this with drones already right well yep yeah the sense i got was that they were following them around with drones or being mic'd up the whole time for just the instance if they came out they would have their partners dialogue to be able to get them into this um, loop and then be able to get out of the loop, which is almost what we saw the whole episode. Uh They're almost in that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, The the control, right? That would be the control. Uh So I like, I like, I like all this. There's other, I mean, a couple other things. This is also where one of the Blade Runner uh, in the score happens when he when he's on his last phone call with Francis and he says unsubscribe right in that five or 10 second frame or 10 seconds. There is like a direct score reference to Blade Runner as well. Hmm. Makes I mean, it's it's only like a split second, but I mean, I might be wrong, but I am. I swore it was Blade Runner's movie I've seen a hundred times probably. So (laughs) it just I was like, what is happening? It just blew. I picked that up the first time I watched. And there's a couple other lines I jotted down too. Like when he, him and Fran, robot Francis are talking, one of the things he says is, I never, you never had to figure out how to live in this world. That might not necessarily, I mean, that could have a double meaning of the, yeah. of the, of the vet and because you're a robot. And he, uh, what was the other, there was one other thing I had here. Um, oh, part of me is part of the reason he can't get a job is also not necessarily because he's a vet, but because he is a robot and a lot of businesses won't trust robots. I, I think there's a lot of little things that, I mean, it might just be a giant red herring, but I'm guessing one of the big mysteries of this season is going to be, is he a robot or is it? Mm, yeah. Francis also alludes to that he he won't turn on his implant. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, I'm going to drop it. This is craziness. You guys got to bear with me for a second. Okay. <laughs> so, once I saw Reobum, I'm like, wait a second. That's just a gigantic pearl. Mm-hmm. And it's the first thing I thought. Now, backtrack, one of the first people we see at, uh, I believe it was the, the meeting with Liam when we first meet Liam and, and at that party and the guest of the party, Roderick, he says, we're all living in a simulation. Wouldn't it be ironic if they made us in a simulation in a simulation yep exactly why would they put that right in there and then make you think all these things then we get all these little things that francis said first it started off with um he says always said we needed a plan and you should turn your implant back on right then Francis later on says they built the world to be a game. Then they rigged it. But at the end, when Caleb has his unbreaking, he says, no, you didn't say that. You said we still had to play the game. I mean, he says you still have to play the game if you want a chance to win. And that's when Caleb says, you never said that and unsubscribe. So this 
makes me think that this could possibly be another forge for Dolores to crack. Yeah. And it might be so good that there's people who are so bored in the real world subscribe to live in this world and then get bored with this world and go to Westworld. So there might be matrix people laying in some kind of like fluid pod, keeping them alive while they're in like super deep, like double, uh, what do you call it? Inception, like the second level of inception when they go to Westworld Mm -hmm. and now living in this world, they're in the first level of inception because you know, just the weird things that they, they're drinking some some liquor and he's going, this costs more than my father was worth. Like all types of weird things happening. You said very little children. Now children would have been implanted so you could feel normal, but they're also not necessary. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this episode. I know tinfoil, but make me feel like this isn't back on normal earth. Well, and I think I think you're right. And there, you you touched on something with the levels. It's like whenever you're playing a video game, you do start with level one. And so for the hosts, maybe they're level they're at level one. And by getting to the second level, well, where Dolores is now, you need to have some kind of consciousness to get there. Right. But what I was out. yeah got a level one. They, yes. They, they, and what I was thinking, especially when that guy's like, this is a simulation and a simulation. I'm like, well, what's level three? And who's who's running at that level? Because it seems like there's something here with the, the Rehoboam and all the talk about, you know, God, whether you're an atheist or not. I do think there's <clears throat> there's something about... Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate. $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Humans have a God complex, right? They want to fix stuff. They want to rule stuff. They want to control stuff. Technology is a way for them to do that. I think we see this with these um, wafers that people put in their mouth. I'm sorry. I was with Catholic. That is a communion. That's a communion wafer. Hands down. And now, you now you went to you know a lot about <laughs> theology. Do you know who Rehoboam is? No, I don't. Okay, I don't. so he was uh, the first king of the kingdom of Judah. He was the son and the successor of Solomon and the grandson of David. Now, what's ironic about him is Solomon united Israel and made it one, but under Rehoboam's rule. It's splintered off again, and the north uh, kingdom of Israel became separate, I guess, states or, you know, counties or however you would break it down. But 
the kingdom of Judah, which is southern Israel, which housed Jerusalem, was one still. But the irony is that that was the one part of Israel the Egyptians were able to come conquer and pillage Jerusalem. And then they closed off the southern area of Judah and stopped trade with the Arab world for Israel. Mm-hmm. So if that's foreshadowing, that's serious foreshadowing. Yeah, it, it kind of is. I mean, this is good. This is very interesting. This could be a very interesting season. I mean, these are Nolans we're dealing with. <laughs> I, I am glad that you put that communion thing in there. I also was raised Catholic and I've lapsed quite a bit. And I that seeing that in the I could not think of where what that made me think of. And as soon as I read that in the notes, it was like a giant light got turned on because of course it's communion. It was that was that was a great pickup. I can't believe I was a little sad with myself that I didn't think of it, but that was it's totally what it is. The the religious stuff is very interesting or if it goes that direction anyways. Yeah. And, and kind of like the more you embrace technology, kind of the the more godly you are in a right. way. Right. You shouldn't be able to control that much. So that's why it, it, it really is a good play on that because you're supposed to embrace what they give you and accept, you know, the Lord as it is. But these people, like in the beginning with Jerry, he takes it and goes six hours of rest. You know, like everybody wants it for something different. You know, Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch's character was trying to get whacked out. Um, and then we find out in that wacky art exhibit that there's all like subset of people taking bioengineered experimental drugs. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is toying with God. Heavy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what else, guys? What else do we have to dive into? Well, I can I can I can go with mine here because mine actually is similar, a lot very similar to what Tim has been talking about here. I had almost that kind of had two theories about Rehoboam, and one of them was very similar to what you had. had. But my, I, I had another different possibility that I also I don't I think it's very unlikely, but I also rewatched season one and two right like last weekend before I think all all of us probably did. And I always thought it was very, very strange when they're when the when um, Bernard and Dolores are facing off at the end of last season, and Bernard is trying to send the hosts, send the valley beyond out to the satellite, and all of a sudden Dolores changes her mind, and that it never sat well with me at all. Something that I, and this might just be, it was supposed to go to the satellite, and she said, "Don't worry, it'll be someplace safe." I wonder if she did try to send it somewhere else. And this Rehoboam is obviously tracking every little anomaly in the world. What if it picked up that as an anomaly, as a, this is an event I should pay attention to? Somehow intercepted it, or she sent it there somehow, or she's somehow, I don't think she's connected to it, but what if that's why she's trying to get into this thing? Because she knows that that has, or that has quarantined, she needs an army. I don't, I'm, I'm not doing a very good job explaining this, but could could the Vallow Beyond actually be under the control of Rehoboam now or who owns Rehoboam? And that's why she's so hell-bent on getting there because she needs an army. And what better way to get an army for a ready-made one that's already there? Yeah, the gods are coming. What, you know, gods, she said gods are coming, Dolores, at the end. Well, so, or the other, one other related thing I had to that, too, is I know that she deleted all the user data or supposedly deleted all the user data, but who only makes one back about their data? Yeah. I mean, is it possible Rehoboam somehow has that too? And that's what part of, I mean, that's what's making some of this. I don't know. Something about that scene in the Valley Beyond or the And it's uploaded. Just, don't forget it got yeah. uploaded somewhere yeah. to a satellite somewhere. And, yeah. I think I do think there's a way she wants to merge data and control the whole thing. I think it's you know, I think she wants to kind of give the humans a taste of their own medicine in terms of how they abused everyone in the parks, uh, you know, the yeah. hosts in the parks. And so yeah. if she can merge those two data sources, she'd be able to, you know, she'd have a lot of control. Um, I control think the, everything. Yeah. I no, think, she, yeah. She must have a way to tap in somehow and confuse it. 
because there would be no way if it could predict all these scenarios that it would let um i forget the the sons of anarchy guy's name when he gets killed to come into there martin right now another thing I, like like it, it would have to know now if you were watching like those i'm assuming that's that's rehoboam rehoboam with the the circles telling us all these things like elevated yeah. scrutiny in london now if you mm-hmm. noticed the first one that came on screen it said divergence I did uh, notice that. Yeah, that means there's a couple means of divergence, but one in technology is that there's a problem or a technical issue where things split, where another entity has entered, like say a a, a virus or something like that. So that yep. picked up on that immediately. But then there was just this elevated scrutiny, like it picked up that. Laura, mm-hmm. aka Dolores, was around, but it maybe didn't understand how to interpret what Dolores is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, do you think just walking around it, she was able to tap part of it? I, I mean, what, like, it seems so weird that she would be so close to it and not be able to transmit something. Well, I mean, she's been able to do something because she can call up the motorcycle, right? She's communicating with some other kind of technology. Yeah, but Michael Knight could do that in 1984. Well, but I mean... <laughs> he negotiated the lease on the apartment. There was a bunch of different things that she said where it it just happened. Yeah. And she's, she's got to be doing something. And I think she called, to, you know, I think she called that car as a decoy, even though I don't think she was knocked out. I think... You know, she she has a certain amount of control. It's just difficult to understand how she's accessed it. And maybe it was from the files of that guy, Jerry, that she killed. Like maybe she got enough insight to kind of, you know, kind of hack in here and there to do some like light level stuff. Yeah. She might know their protocols. Exactly. But yeah, well, well, they do say at one point that it's being from the inside. Yeah. Is what the, the one, the girl says to says to uh, Liam. So yeah. it has to be somebody, it has to some way, if it's Dolores hacking in, she has to, that would make sense that she got it from Jerry. Now, yeah. am I, I didn't go past in season one and two and look for a Dempsey. Was there a Dempsey in the park? Like, who was Liam's dad? Do we know him yet? I don't think so. The, right, the one thing I do, th- I, the one thing I do think is interesting is Liam is short for William. Minka, here we go. Oh man, yeah. theories of the yang. Wow, really? I, I, I'll just leave it right there because I don't. It's. I never seems n- an awful big coincidence. I, wow. I, I don't think he had a son though, William. Like if it was a son. Yeah, he only ever did. talked about Emily. So. Yeah. And now we have Sarak, which I'm guessing was the partner that cut Liam out. I think so. That's what I was led to believe. Right? That's the guy who controls it or the entity or person. I, you know, yeah. we don't know if it, what it is, male or female. But this is kind of getting like, uh, you know, very heavy as far as a game. That's why I feel like Dolores is still playing a game. Yeah, and, and this is more of the things that that lead me to, like thinking that she's still in a simulation, and it, it's the next level, like just the time movement and the places. Like that one woman says that Liam and Dolores. Oh, you're the woman he met in Burma. Like, yeah, these are the faraway places. Like, how much prep work was she doing? Because we know that that right away. Um, it's been 92 days since Bernard saw her, right? That's the three months. So a month ago, they met in Burma. So she had two months in between meeting Liam and uh, after she, I guess, you know, left Bernard, I would imagine she went and, and killed Jerry and in all that time doing recon. So, and also apparently using the machine to to build um, I can't keep forgetting is it Martin to build another Martin, right? Yeah. Um, so 
it's it's a you know hopefully the show does a little bit what it's known for and time reversing so we can, can fill in those gaps because I feel like right now if we left it as is and then just went and filled in these three months that would be like a Westworld move and I'd be cool with that yeah agreed yeah now another thing I want to kind of break Axel down on a little bit I mean, he was really heavy into this Rico case, anti-Rico government app. I mean, Rico in Spanish just means rich. It's simple as that. I don't want to, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's super heavy, you know, anti-corruption in government, and we're going to play that. But I'm going to keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. We talked about Caleb a little bit. What do we think of like, I mean, clearly this was the, um, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that was like a big futuristic build up to the most traditional meat cute I've ever seen in entertainment. You know, the meat cutes when the boy meets the girl and, and that's how the relationship starts. And, you know, I think a lot of people have commented like, oh, it's just like when Dolores fell into William's arms and, I, mean, I think that I think that scene right there. I think lit, lit less is good uh, evidence as that it could still be a storyline that they're in. I think yeah. that yeah. that kind. Of, I mean, that's that was the first thing I thought of when that scene. I, I'm not entirely convinced they're in the storyline yet, but that I seemed mean, very much like the storylines we've seen already play out. I started thinking that at at one point after the second rewatch, that is Caleb unknowingly. Sarak, like, does he not know? Is this part of the waking up thing? Because the, the psychiatrist said, you'll only get out of this when you wake up. When you, uh, I'm sorry, not wake up. He says, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my, my other notes here. Oh, you said, I'm in the wrong page. Oh, man, sorry, guys, I'm blowing it. I have a Caleb page right here next to me. Um, he says it's it's important to move on. That's the next stage. So we found out that Caleb moved on. So, you know, is maybe Caleb something that, say, like a, a you know, a suppressed Ford would do? Um, don't know. There's a lot to be learned here. Um, I know that Aaron Paul's, like, cool tone and, and getting the job done and being on point his he's acting with this was was great because it left so much mystery but it still showed he cares and then the fact that he said at the end of the conversation i need to connect with something real and then he connects with the least real thing on the planet <laughs> has more to say than anything like well, it's yeah and and that's what i was just like he's not real. And it, it almost felt like, like when he even drove up to drop off that medicine, he kind of looked at the, into the helicopter. I just kind of felt like he was almost drawn there versus yep. like doing a job. And I don't know, there was something about, the, you know, and how he happened to run into Dolores again. Like, I do think that that kind of screams there in a, they're in a story together. And think about like, you know, I personally, I like Aaron Paul as an actor. I don't think he's like a great romantic lead, especially for Evan Rachel Wood and Dolores, if that's where this is going. Because um, I feel like he's going to be a puppet for her, like Teddy was, versus a power player partner um, who can like help her muscle and get stuff done. And, you know, looking back, Teddy had that whole backstory line where he was in the army. He was in the yeah. military. Same He's a sensitive shit. soul. He, I mean, like Caleb feels like Teddy Tudado to me. That's just kind of like where well, I'm at with that. Where did, where did Teddy get shot? Do you guys remember? In the head. In he the shot head. himself in the head. <gasps> oh yep. my God. <laughs> no, I, if, I think there's a very, very strong possibility if the, if the war stuff is just a backstory and none of that existed, that Dolores is act Teddy, I think it could be the pearl, Teddy's pearl in 
in Caleb and Dolores is literally Dolores is calling him to him when she needs him. And that, I mean, I, when I was, when I, I think it was the second time I watched it or the third time and I was paying way more attention to Aaron Paul and that that character seemed a lot like what a guy like Teddy with that optimism and the good heart, what he would, what would happen if somebody like that was in the real world and just constantly getting beat down with everything. I yeah. Mean, it, I, I I tried to watch it as, is Aaron Paul trying to play Teddy? So, and I think, I think there's a chance of that being, I'm not, I'm not sure if it is, but I I think there's a chance of that. Oh my God. I, I totally think so too. And this, um, it jives with the no personals, which I think I I read somewhere means kidnapping murder, which Teddy was just like, that was his real struggle last season, right? All the, the murder and the killing that Dolores was doing. Yeah, that was part of why I put that in the notes, yeah, because yeah. I, I think Dolores will try and convince him to do it. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Wow, guys. This is this is this <laughs> that is what I'm talking kind of about. Blew my, like, yeah, with this the is, shot in the head, I hadn't put those two pieces together. This is and, how we clean things Dolor- up. And Dolores was there when he died, so she could have easily grabbed his pearl at that point. And she could have made a copy because I feel like she did put one of his pearls into the beyond, but I, I, it is possible. She, she made a copy too, like tried to improve him to make him. Well, um, she did, she did say at times she turned up his things, you know, like she was trying to tweak him. So. Well, and, and when, uh, uh, when Liam asked her to go to Los Angeles with him, she goes, well, I, I do have some friends there. Like, mm-hmm. oh. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, guys, I feel like this is where we should end it because it was just like such a bomb to me. <laughs> That's right. And we don't even need like an end credit Nazi scene or anything. <laughs> Cut to black. We'll deal. We'll deal with Maeve next week. <laughs> or will we? We might be a few weeks. I I, I love that. I love that little little stinger in there. Yeah, that was just like turned everything upside on its head because it's just like we did in this podcast, which was how we clean things up. There was one other thing that uh, they talked about. I think Brett and Jenny and Ashley talked about. It. I was going to ask you guys the the thing with Bernard having the split personalities. I, I, I can't remember who, which one it was, but I, I definitely, I think it was actually what I actually agreed with on this, where he said that he thinks it's Bernard creating, Bernard's doing it on purpose as like a form of self-defense. And I think somebody else was thinking it was Dolores that had made that, the like Jason Bourne version for lack of a better term. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Gina? Um, you know, this one, I'm, I'm not as convinced that he's, Weinard, <laughs> Wyatt slash Bernard. Yeah. I think yeah, Bernard that's... Bernard went through he went through his own awareness, right? He was mm-hmm. he was acting as a human, believed he was human for a very long time until he realized he was a host. And I thought, well, maybe there are just two different versions of him. There's the version of him that is very human and level set and had that backstory for years but he created another improved version that gives him kind of the more aggressive capabilities that any host yeah, could have. I'm with you because Bruce Banner and the Hulk kind of because he could yeah. fit into the world better as say Armand Delgado but if you noticed when he's doing the thing he goes this is the 340 second diagnostic um He's asking the alternative who we we saw petting the 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 deer, I mean the cow, the calf, and whoever that was went and plugged in and asked the alternative, uh, have you spoke to Dolores? Has Dolores contact you? And now the last prompt he gave in that scenario, he said, Would you ever lie to me, Bernard? So is Bernard the son of a bitch? And the other person he created normal because when he's about to fight them, he says, without someone to help me, I can't stop her. And then all of a sudden he hits the button, fights those guys. Right. 
And one of the weirdest things is when he's um, holding the Chinese guy in the headlock, he was putting, applying all his pressure to that zone Dolores pointed out earlier in the episode that controls the part where you believe in God. That's interesting. Oh, wow. If you watch his his knuckles were right up in there. I'd never seen anybody put someone in a chokehold like that. Uh Uh-huh. You know, there's one other weird thing, and it's that statement, would you ever lie to me, Bernard? I feel like that's something Ford would say. Am I wrong? I feel like he said that. It's because Ford Ford has said that. Okay. That there's there. I cannot remember when it is, but there, I, was, I think it, I came across an article somewhere where there's a bunch of lines in this episode that have been spoken by other characters throughout the series. Okay. Because like uh, at the point when Dolores, at the beginning of the episode, when Dolores says, "I'm the only one of my kind left," I know in the finale of last season when Bernard near the end of the episode when Bernard is just imagining Ford, and Ford actually says to Bernard, "You're the last of your kind." I mean, it's almost exactly the same line. Mm. So I, says, I know there's a bunch of lines that have been repeated. Interesting. Yeah. Loops, baby. Another yeah. game. Another and, version. And Ford's heavy hand still at play, even though we haven't really seen him in a in a live breathing sense, uh, you know, since uh, the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm excited. The course that we're headed with the cleanup crew here because without even discussing the whole week together and basically only hearing, you know, other podcasts, we came up with something that was so on point together that this is, uh, I feel like I have good feelings for the rest of the season with this crew. Right. Um, this is the first time I've ever talked to you, actually talked to you guys where it hasn't been like by a text or email. or something. I know. So I'm, this is my first non-actual podcast that I've ever I've ever done, so I'm I was a little nervous going in, but I think we uh, I think we're we got something good here. Yeah, we cleaned up. Bum bum. <laughs> bum. Okay, guys. Um, well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. <laughs>